1: We are back, and better than ever, all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, FedOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts
0: evan lazar wow <laughs> i don't i don't have a script for this one
1: i i don't have a script for it either because the first i don't know 30 minutes of this game i guess the first half of this game even the first drive of this of the third quarter i i believe houston put together some points on that drive as well coming off that mac jones interception right. was maybe the worst you know, quarter, two quarters and a half of football that we've seen. Let's out go of the
0: Belichick. worst 33 or 34 minutes from the Patriots, right?
1: Yeah. in yeah. quite some time. And, and you don't have that feeling when you're watching this team of, oh, well they, they got Bill Belichick and they have Tom Brady. And although the product doesn't look good right now, eight weeks from now they'll get where they'll need to get and everything will be fine. You don't have that luxury anymore. So when you're watching that first 33 minutes, 34 minutes, as we're putting it, It is an absolute abject disaster. I mean, you have guys in the back end and JC Jackson and Devin McCourty were supposed to be two of your most uh, consistent players and best back end players in your secondary giving up a 67 yard touchdown to a practice squad wide receiver. This wasn't Brandon cooks breaking free of those two guys and going for a big score. No, that this was,
0: was check your programs who, yeah, you know, all yeah. game long. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: This was Chris Moore doing it. Uh At the half, uh, Davis Mills has 200 yards passing and nearly a perfect passer rating. As it is, he finished this game with 312, 10.8 yards per attempt and a 141.7 rating. So they ended up evening it out a little bit there late. They, They figured out some things that they could do late. But what I have seen from this defense is they are consistently fundamentally flawed. Right. And I would say this entire team, it's not just the defense because the Patriots early in this game, Mac takes them right down the field. They're going in to punch it in to go up 13 to 12 and Damian Harris fumbles as he's crossing the goal line. I thought the ball was out. I thought that was a good ruling. I, I he, think
0: so, too. I think yeah. it was out. I, I, I don't know how they saw it, but it looked like right. a fumble just based yeah. on where his feet were and his body lined yeah. up. Yeah,
1: because yeah. you got to get you got to have the whole, you know, you have to have the tip of the ball across the plane, right? It's not the whole ball. It just needs to be a piece of that ball needs to break the plane. It didn't look like it to to me either. So early on in this game, you really started to question, not necessarily the game plan by the coaching staff, but just the fundamentals of this team and, and the techniques and the ball security and just knowing how to play Sound fundamental football, and that those are the things that we're so used to seeing from Bill Belichick. And then Houston, Houston themselves, right? Yeah, they yeah. they have the punt get whatever that was, right? Right up there with the 2015 Indie game where they had the direct snap on the punt on the fake punt, and they completely imploded. And the Patriots took advantage. But I we know as Patriots uh, media, as Patriots fans, that this team has bigger aspirations than surviving against the Houston Texans in week five. This team is a team that wants to be in the playoff hunt, that wants to win double digit games this year. And if they continue to play games, like like, if they play like this next week against the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to get blown out. Well, that's the thing is you have games like this, like
0: good Patriots teams have had those games where they're like, Oh God, throw the tape out thank goodness right. we won and then it's but when it's this team it's far more problematic because you're deeply concerned that they're just not good enough They're the stuff that they were doing all game long is the stuff that you used to we you, we used to ridicule other teams for doing what yes. they would have hand the Patriots victories just you know blown coverages giving up third and longs fourth downs you know uh just Uh, you know, terrible penalties, fumbling in the, you know, fumbling in the red zone, conservative play calling, all of it. They're doing all of it. Even late in the game on that final drive, two guys in motion at the same time, a really sloppy procedural penalty. It's just so, and I hate using the term unpatriot. Like I think people have to, no matter what, wipe this out of their uh, head completely. There is no patriot way. Currently there's a team that is, fundamentally flawed, may have a marginal marginal talent on the roster that needs to play perfect, needs to play what we call Patriots football all the time to be competitive. And right now, they're not doing either. They're not making big plays. They're not playing with daring or creativity. And right. they're messing up the little stuff. So, it's again, it's a team going back to last year that's just struggling to find any semblance of identity uh, at all. I have no idea what they're trying to be. Yeah, and I I, I will say one thing. It was it was be easy to really bash the Patriots if they came out and the pocket caved in all around Mac Jones all game because they're down four offensive linemen. Right. But that wasn't the problem. Mac was pretty good to start the game. They were running the ball all right too. So actually the old line held up well. Uh so that wasn't the issue. I'm gonna give them a massive check mark for for hanging on there today. But everything else was terrible uh, until again the Texans Texaned.
1: Right, I'm really fascinated to go back and watch the O line tape because Yadni Kajus, just based off of the eye test, watching it live, looked really solid. And the Patriots aren't going to have Trent Brown for a long time here. And even on the play where he got beat initially, and Mac had to roll out of the pocket and make that throw, he didn't hold. Right, he still moved his feet and kept himself inside leverage on the defender to allow Mac to escape that pocket and move in the in the. Uh, you know, move the defense and then get the pass thrown along the sideline. So Yanni Kajus did some nice things out there today. The Patriots showed some fight, showed some heart late in this game to come back and put the whole thing behind them and move on. So I think that there's some good things to take away from the game and that, one, Mac Jones was in the offensive line as well but mostly mac was far from the problem today he pressed a little bit there in the middle of the game right the second and third quarter he had two or three throws that were close to being intercepted the one late to Nikhil harry maybe he's just kind of punting it away at that point. That's what I thought too, is I got to do something. I got to take a shot. And that's what I think
0: he did there. Yeah.
1: Right. So all those things, I think, point to good things that we can look forward to moving forward is that the quarterback was far from the biggest problem out there today. And you like to think, that a guy like Devin McCourty only has one stinker per season, right? You you'd like to think that this is not going to right. happen twice for a guy like Devin, and he knows better than everybody because Bill Belichick has been harping on this for Devin McCourty for his entire twelve, whatever thirteen year career. It's been that as the last line of defense, you cannot give up those two big plays Unreal. by going through the for the football, right? Because the first one, JC Jackson miss times his jump on the sideline and Devin McCourty is running towards the sideline to try to pick off the pass as well. And both guys play the ball in the air. One guy's got to play the ball and one guy's got to play the receiver. Because if the guy that goes for the ball misses it, like Jackson did, then somebody has got to make the tackle and limit the damage. Similarly, On the big fourth and two catch later on in the game, Jawan Williams gets roasted. Don't don't get me wrong. Jawan Williams is the primary man coverage defender there, and he gets roasted. But Devin McCourty comes over the top to try to deflect the pass, and instead of going for the interception – or he goes for the interception instead of just making the tackle. Right. And instead of a 40 yard play on fourth and two, maybe it's only a 20 or a 25 yard play on fourth and two. So still damage being done, but at least you give your defense a chance to make some plays and get off the field from that point. So I doubt that Devin McCordy is ever going to have a bad game that badly again. Right. And Mac is is looking more and more every single day, like a guy that you want to invest in and work on and get him had the help in and, and sort of the team around him that is going to help him be competitive and the Patriots ultimately they're two and three and they saved their season with that fourth quarter because yeah. if they if they fall to one and four with the loss to the texans the the season is completely over at least now at two and three they have a a, a puncher's chance to turn this thing around still
0: yeah yeah it's uh, you know it, it's hard to it's hard to be bullish on uh the patriots chances right now i i will say and i know you tweeted it during the game uh you know it's it's hard to get mad at anything mac jones did he did yeah. make a questionable pass but again I think most of the balls he threw were in the, you know, I mean, I think he was extremely accurate with the football. I think he made good decisions. He moved well in the pocket again. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I when we look at the tape and you go throw by throw and you see what was available versus what he did, my guess is it's going to be, you're going to come away thinking this was a pretty solid overall game. Again, it's unspectacular. I just don't know if spectacular is in their Rolodex right now. I just don't know what, it, they're capable of at this point with the with the line issues that they're having i mean jesus at this point and now now you've got you used to have an overcrowded running back room filled with options and now it's a now it's a mess if you're down to Ramondre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden as your backs if Harris is legitimately injured that's going to be another challenge that they have to overcome i thought mac was relatively good that's the only thing i think you yeah. weren't going to be able to come in here and bash them about but i think you could have gotten upset about a lot of other things uh in addition to conservative game script and play calling it I, you know i'll say it again cuz we've been fairly critical it's confusing to me what it is that they're trying to do the fact that they're this is the fir- the Hunter Henry touchdowns the first time they've thrown into the end zone in five games it's just right. a ba- it's a baffling statistic i don't remember a, that i mean it's possible it's happened but it seems highly unlikely in my lifetime that's a thing that the Patriots have done. I, I I don't know how this how they did that, um, and why they you know do what they do. And again, that conservative play calling stretches out drives, creates more opportunity for things to go wrong. Damian Harris fumbles in the red zone again, potentially a game altering play ended up not mattering. But I I just don't know what I don't know what it is they're doing, uh, fully with with with, with the offense right now.
1: The offensive play calling is baffling. It's because- baffling. So they oh. they have the snafu the Texans do on the punt, right? And the Patriots get it at the Houston 36-yard line after the punt. And McDaniels goes run, run screen on the next three plays. Then they get the ball into the red zone. Mac hits Nelson Aguilar for 20 yards and Hunter Henry for 21 to drive the football down into the red zone. And
0: as soon as they get there, same uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, from
1: the 16-yard line, McDaniels runs three straight screens three straight screens from the 16 yard line which is just horrible and then later on in the game they get back into the red zone and Mac Jones throws a dime in the corner of the end zone to Hunter Henry for a touchdown and you're like why don't they just do that more often they got these two tight ends Mac can they can trust Mac with the football and I just don't really understand it i i can't i can't fathom how on one hand you can tighten up like that with the so when they have the punt snafu right the punt gets blocked and they get the ball at the 36 yard line if you trust your quarterback completely and you trust your passing game completely that is a shot to the end zone, right? Because you're grabbing momentum. Sure. You're down in the game and you finally have a chance to grab some momentum. If you're Josh McDaniels in the Patriots offense and you go ahead and you throw the football down the field and you're able to get some points out of it and they end up going three straight plays to nowhere and kicking a field goal and coming off the field that way is just brutal. And then the same thing with the next drive, he goes right down the field and now they're, they're able to, you know, have a chance to go up on the game even sooner. They're down by 10 points, and he calls three straight screen passes. And every single time he trusts Mac Jones, every single time he's able to to let Mac Jones open it up a little bit, 90% of the time Mac doesn't let him down. as
0: As you right? like to say, let him cook.
1: Yeah, let him cook. Because <laughs> 90% of the time he is making the right decisions. He's making the right reads. He's putting the ball in good places, and it's not – it's not killing the team. He's not turning the football over. He's not losing the game for the team in those situations. And, and for some reason, they continue to tighten up there. Honestly. The only thing holding Mac Jones back at this point I truly think is the play calling. I I really don't think it's Mac Jones. I think he's ready to take on more. I think he's ready to take this team and and lead this offense to be productive, especially from what we saw today out of what he was going uh, with Hunter Henry, the chemistry that has been forming with those two guys. I think there's really starting to be some some signs of positive – momentum for this passing offense from last week to this week and as we continue to progress here and yet Josh McDaniels in two situations where they really could have stomped on the Texans and taken this game back earlier they they go conservative and you go go conservative there and you end up only winning this game by three on the last drive of the game instead of winning it earlier
0: to be fair and and I I agree with the assessment it's not just letting Mack You know, I don't think just giving Mac the keys makes the offense all of a sudden good. But I do agree that there's not a concern with him. The offense isn't going to stall because Mac's not capable of something. He's actually the thing that I think you feel most confident in at this point, which is strange, more so than a lot of other things that they have going for them. So I don't think there's any concern that if you let Mac open it up, there's no reason to be conservative with him there is with an offensive line that you're concerned with there is with receivers that aren't getting a great deal of separation and there's probably a a bunch of other things that are keeping you from running a very dynamic offense but there's absolutely no reason right now the best thing you actually have going for you is mac jones ability to get through his reads quickly make a good decision and get the ball out and make positive plays that's the best thing that this offense has so I know people will be like, Mac sucks. He just dinks and dunks. I think Mac is literally the only thing that's kind of keeping them afloat at this moment uh, uh, because I, I, there's, just, there's not explosive plays out there to be had right now uh, w- with this offense, but he can move the chains. It just has to kind of open it up a little bit and stop being so conservative. So, you know, that's the, that's the downside there. As far as the defense goes, the worst thing here, Evan, uh, regarding the defense is this was the, and I'm not picking on you, but this was the there last week, this was the last week showed they're good enough without Stefan Gilmore game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's just horrible timing to go out there and have your secondary puke all over itself this way. And again, you're not the only one who said it. I think there are a lot of people who are comfortable saying, okay, D back's.
1: Haven't been an issue
0: here. They yeah. have what they have. Well,
1: to be and, and, fair, to be fair, they played this game without Jalen Mills and Jawan Williams going in this game for Jalen Mills ended up being a bigger drop off than four offensive linemen being out unbelievable. on that side of the ball. Jawan Williams and I, I don't mean to to railroad the guy but he had a a really really rough game not only giving up the uh two big plays right over the top one the 40 yarder on fourth and two and then the flea flicker touchdown as well and you look at both of those plays and you're especially the flea flicker what's so perplexing to me and i Look, the receiver is in a little bit of a tight split, so I I guess he does have edge force there, but he's secondary edge force at at best, unless I I have to go back and really study it and see. But from my vantage point, he was secondary edge force at best, and as a corner, your primary responsibility is clearly not stopping an inside handoff, right? The the running back's going right up the gut. You got everybody in in the middle of the defense worrying about that. Just cover your guy right? You just cover your guy. And getting beat there on the flea flicker, not even contesting the pass, just getting absolutely burned on the flea flicker was absolutely brutal. And something tells me that Jalen Mills at least comes and makes that a contested play, right? He's at least in the vicinity instead of getting absolutely out of the picture, right? I mean, Jawan Williams wasn't even on the screen when they took pan to show the receiver down the field on the flea no. flicker. So, I-, I don't know. It just that drop off was way bigger than i was expecting from Juwan, from jalen mills Jawan williams jc jackson gives up the big play early he gave up the fourth and two slant underneath the defense to brandon cooks right. then he seemed to level off after that he was fine he was fine yeah. after that yeah. yeah so so there's two plays on him that that we'll look at and say okay that you know both both of those are probably on jc but even the the deep ball or the the, uh, 67 yard touchdown to more early in the game. You want, again, I I come back to Devin McCourty on that play because JC Jackson's playing his trail technique. He's got the single high safety in the middle of the field. And yeah, you get on him for, for missing the interception. He missed times his jump and the ball goes over his head, which shouldn't happen. But if if Devin McCourty just makes the tackle as he's supposed to there on the receiver and limits that to a 25 yard pass or a 30 yard pass instead of a 67 yard touchdown, then it's not as bad. It's not, the damage isn't as bad. So I I put more of that on Devin McCourty than I do on JC Jackson.
0: Oh, no question about it. Uh, I I think Jawan Williams is an easy target for this game. I think uh, it it is shocking how big the drop-off is. Um, This is a person who shouldn't, this I mean uh, this is a person who really shouldn't see the field at this point um it's it's really uh, you know it and this was why you questioned cornerback depth when the season started was right you, you knew you knew there wasn't much there and that's with the idea that Gilmore was coming back so that is a worry I just don't know again great they win needed it as you said season over after mm-hmm. right uh, you're looking to start stacking efforts you know uh, and you can't keep going one step forward one step back if the Tampa game was a step forward particularly for the defense uh, this is a massive step back uh, you know you take the win if you want to remain competitive and the playoffs are a thing that you want to have in your future but I, I it's again like we said we had to rip up the script this was going to be just 45 straight minutes of just bashing the Patriots. They got away with the win. It's just, it's such a blah. Uh, well, I want to do
1: it. I, I want to give, give a positive takeaway because, and, and I would say, yeah, do that. Do the, give, <laughs> give something good. So I would say that not only has Matt Judon been the best player on the Patriots defense by a quite a bit, a big margin in the first five weeks of the season, he's a leader. Like this guy goes up there at the podium the Wednesday or Thursday before Brady comes to town and he says, who gives an F about Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Like I don't care about Tom Brady. I, I want to kick that guy's ass. Then he said, you know, this week he comes in there and you see the intensity and the sense of urgency that Matt Judon has. And then he comes on the field in the first half and is the only one giving all out effort. And he saved the Patriots on that red zone drive late in the first half where he has Two sacks on three plays to force the Texans to kick a field goal really saved the game for the Patriots. If the Texans score a touchdown there, I don't know if there is a comeback in the second half from that. So Judon has been an absolute bright spot. He's uh, somebody that, you know, we always talk about sacks in terms of Patriots. Uh, defensive players putting up huge sack numbers Matt Judon right now leads the NFL in sacks and he might lead the NFL in sacks for the entire 2021 season if he keeps this up so this is a player that's putting up ridiculous numbers in the defense that doesn't typically have huge sack totals for their pass rushers just the way and the style it's, and, and play. A straight
0: straight individual effort too
1: yeah yeah and he is really just done a terrific job and if there's somebody on the defensive side of the football that I think is going to emerge and wake this defense up and basically turn this around along I think with Mac Jones on the offensive side of the football it's going to be Judon and at this point it's it's followed the leader for the rest of the Patriots defense. Judon's the leader and he he's going to have to put the defense on his back and, and be that guy because Devin McCourty did not play like a leader today. JC Jackson did not play like a number one corner today, but Matt Judon played like an all pro and yep. he's going to continue to do that all year long. I think
0: that is definitely fair. And I think Judon for sure, um, uh, you know, is the consensus for all of the money the Patriots spent this off season. I don't think there's a person out there who thinks that isn't by far the best signing um what again you want to give a hat tip um i do think that uh it's worth talking about hunter henry uh starting oh, yeah. to develop a connection so um, yeah. this is something people have been waiting for again we're gonna try to draw some positive and the little baby steps i think mac was one still and i think Judon, as you said clearly H- henry again for sure and as it's not it's not there in numbers but the usage of Johnu smith is starting to get a little bit more creative as we had discussed to kind of run him in the way that they did i think they figured out um that the 12 personnel wasn't doing great for them in the last couple of weeks and so they've started to get creative with where they line johnny smith up i think that's the beginning of what you want this offense to start looking like but the Hen the henry uh, Mac Jones chemistry looks like a, a real thing right now. It wasn't just the touchdown, uh, critical uh, third downs. You know, multiple times he looked at Henry as kind of his go-to guy, uh, which is a big deal right now because they need they need more of that.
1: He's the go-to guy. And this is when they signed him in the off season. My thought on the signing was, okay, it's third and six. You need a first down. Where is Mac Jones or at that time, Cam, I suppose going with the football. Right. And and Hunter Henry was going to, was signed to be that guy. He was signed to be the go-to guy in the red area and on third down those critical situations. And today he stepped up in a big way and we've seen Mac Consistently be able to hit those in-breaking routes over the middle of the field, whether it's crossers, whether it's just leverage reads off of uh, routes, uh, unders, or or kind of in-cut type of uh, plays. Those throws really seem to be something that he's very comfortable with doing already at this level, and probably his best ball of the year came on that corner route to Hunter Henry for the touchdown. Just a savvy professional veteran type of route for Hunter Henry and you see him in these big money situations and you say, okay, this is the player that the Patriots were hoping that they were going to get. And if Hunter Henry can do that for them on third down and in the red zone, Maybe Jacoby Myers is your secondary option on third down, right? You know, third and six, and and you need seven yards between Henry and Jacoby. I think they're developing something there. And then you just hope that you get some more big plays out of Nelson Aguilar and Johnny Smith. And let's not forget, you know, Kendrick Bourne's been pretty solid as well. He's good early in this game and, and kind of awoken the offense a little bit to keep them competitive. So I think the pass catchers are really starting to come together. I think Mac is starting to bring it together. And, and this offense it's the pieces are starting to to make sense right starting to fit mcdaniels is starting to figure it out a little bit and you really see mac look more and more comfortable every single day and for a rookie quarterback this is twice now in two weeks that i would say that he came brought them back today he went toe-to-toe with tom brady last week showing some real Gusto right just just some real veteran savvy to not let these moments get the best of him and be able to go out there and do what needs to be done so I'm extremely impressed with Mac Jones I don't want people to think that that I'm belittling Mac because for a rookie five games in to go back to back games one go toe to toe against the go and then this one have your defense play like like garbage for 35 minutes and put you in a hole and be able to climb out of it in the fourth quarter is really impressive for yeah. only been in the league for a couple of months.
0: I don't understand Jones criticism um, at all so far, especially I think, you know, everyone wants Tom Brady today. Um, right. I, I just, I think it's just, I think it's ludicrous. I also just don't think people watching everything else every other rookie with more more talent more arm talent more athleticism is doing right now some of whom are playing with with decent weapons just really really struggling right now um yeah. and so max miles ahead of the miles ahead of the rookie class yeah. might only the only one might be better than him is mills um i'm just kidding so uh the uh, but he's right now he's miles ahead the only question on Mac is ceiling um, you yeah. don't know what it is. Um, and so that's the only thing I'd be concerned with is, is he just good enough? Or are you going to, in two years, three years, be like, Oh, This is a pretty average guy. If you want to go next level, you might have to grab someone else, or is he someone who could be special or someone you can build around? That's the only question surrounding Mac Jones. Is the arm strength going to be enough for him? Can he drive the ball down the field or out to the you know, outside the hash marks, out to the sidelines? I don't know that yet. I haven't seen it. But everything else, I I don't know why there would be criticism. I think you know people. Harping on the dink and dunk and this and that, I think that's just a byproduct of what's available and what what this what this what this team's makeup is right now.
1: Right, and, and I hate the comparisons to Tom Brady as much as the next guy, but if you go back to that 2001 season, it wasn't like Brady at that point in time in his career was lighting the world on fire, but he had the 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 clutch gene. Right, he had that ability in in prime time, late in the game, to put together those drives, even all the way back then. And we have seen that all year long because Mac Jones has really put this team in a position to win four out of five games. In week one, he put them in a position to win and Damian Harris fumbled the game away. Last week, he put them in a position to win and Nick Folk just doinked the field goal. And then this week, he brings them back and they actually do get over the top of Houston and win the game. So, Mac Jones has put them in great positions to win football games in four out of five of these games this year so far. And you look at all those types of things and and that does remind you a little bit of a one Brady and, and and we're getting ahead of ourselves comparing him to the, to Brady by any means but in terms of just 01 Brady versus rookie season Mac Jones you see a similar type of tenacity and fight and clutchness late in these games to not wilt under the pressure and i think a lot of rookie quarterbacks would do that
0: he's better than 01 Brady i i am not afraid to say it i i i i think he's more ready for the and 01 Brady was fine and they they kept they kept uh, it was kid gloves for a lot of the year with Brady it was a very conservative offense uh, you know i think he's as ready or more ready than 01 Brady i think comparing those guys at that stage in their career is totally fair yeah. and totally within play it's just you can't compare him to the great, five, right. the great, right? The great Brady. That's stupid. Um, so you can't do it. But I don't think you can complain about Mac right now. You mentioned Agalor. I'm, you know, I I don't want to get nitpicky. The one. The one interception Mac threw, I couldn't tell. It didn't look like it was the smartest throw, but it also looked like Aguilar did not come back to the ball hard at all. Uh when yeah. that ball when that ball was thrown, I couldn't tell fully the placement and if he could have gotten inside of the DB there, but it looked like they were pretty even with one another when the ball came out and just one person made a play on it and the other did not, and it looked like Uh, Aguilar just kind of sat there but I'm not sure if you had a take on that particular play
1: yeah so those play those throws in general I I tend to err on the side of the receiver error versus the quarterback error because Mac is throwing the ball to a spot and he's just hoping especially with pressure in his face that the receiver is at the spot and this is similar to Remember the play against Denver last year where Cam – it was a zero-blitz last play of the game, and Cam threw it outside of Nikhil Harry, and Nikhil Harry curled the route inside. And a very
0: loopy, loopy curl. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. and everyone said, oh, what a terrible throw by Cam Newton, and Cam wore it after the game and all this stuff. To me, when you look at these types of plays by the Patriots, everything is so leverage-based that if a corner is sitting outside leverage on the receiver like Nelson Aguilar was on that play, then Mac. Is expecting him to curl that inside right because you're not going to curl it into the defender you want to curl away from the defender so yeah the ball was a little bit inside but the fact that Nelson Aguilar got beat that much to the inside by the corner that it was an interception I put more on Aguilar than I do on the quarterback at the same time look there was I think PFF will probably have Mac with three or four turnover-worthy plays in this game, right? Because yep. you had that one. You had one along the sideline that, that the corner dropped. Uh, you had the late one to Nikhil Harry. That's three. And there was one early on in a little underneath route that in that they might count that as a pass breakup and not a turnover-worthy play just because it was a diving pass breakup by the, uh, uh, the uh, underneath linebacker. Yep. But ultimately, I think we're talking about three or four – close to interceptions from Mac today. And if you want to nit- nitpick and say, what was the one thing that Mac will need to improve on, on this game? I thought in the second and the third quarter, the Patriots found themselves in a hole and he was pressing a little bit to make plays, especially that last the uh, second to last near interception where he threw it into double coverage and, and the Texans, uh, Safety dropped it or defensive back dropped the throw. He was rolling out of the pocket and trying to make a throw on the run. And you're down, I think, you know, it was like 12 or 13 points at that point. And you saw maybe pressing it just a little bit instead of yeah. throwing the ball out of bounds, punting the football back over to Houston and living to play another drive. That one was a little bit pressed there from Max. So in the second, midway through this game, second and third quarter, I thought he was pressing a little bit and put the ball up for grabs too many times or in danger of too many times, but that's, we're, we're starting to nitpick on a rookie no but
0: that's real he hadn't done that a lot and he yeah. did get away with a couple today um so that's legit criticism I think where um he, you can't do that you know you have to be a little bit more um you know uh, you know uh, smarter less, with the football just yeah. smarter with the football yeah um so yeah I don't know I'm looking at comments here I know just a lot of people uh, you know I, I it's a lot of the same targets here mcdaniels we've talked about i do yeah. think people are generally frustrated uh with uh with with agalor uh not showing much at all yeah uh and then you know uh, uh, something you you know mentioned a couple of weeks ago just the fact that john who's more of a gadget guy and he was the cream of the crop prize free agent that they went out and signed and it, it, this was my criticism earlier you know i i I thought they had a vision for exactly what to do with him. Uh, And it's just weird that five games in, they're still tinkering uh, and can't quite figure out how best to utilize whatever it is that they thought he would do when they gave him ridiculous, you know, top of the line, you know, money on day one of free agency.
1: Yeah, and what's perplexing about it with him is, okay, for instance, the Patriots on that sequence of three straight screen passes are trying to screen to Brandon Bolden. Right into these running backs out of the backfield. Why? Why isn't Johnny Smith the one catching those screen passes? That's what
0: I don't get. What are you doing, putting the ball in Bolden's hand? Ever, you know? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. So when you watch how he was used with the Tennessee Titans, he was used as a traditional tight end sometimes. Right. He was getting up the field, attacking the seams, going up the middle of the field, and creating big plays like that. But a lot of his touches situationally were schemed right screen passes swing passes passes into the flat with the receiver is running this way and he runs that way and they just kind of hit him on a little a drag route and let him run with it you know things that are getting him into space and are designed to get him into space and you run these running back screen passes and you give the ball to guys like Brandon Bolden in space and you see how slow he moves and how easily he is to tackle and you're thinking to yourself why isn't this to Johnu, right? This would be great with Janu. So hopefully they figure out that john is their best ball carrier right now. He's their most reliable, most explosive ball carrier, I would say. And I hope that maybe they will start to scheme him some more touches into the game plan in that vein. Because when he gets ahead of steam and he gets rolling, like they, they hit him on that follow concept last week. He gained an easy 12 yards and walked for a first down. And when he gets rolling and gets downhill, he's a difficult guy to, to bring down. He's big, he's strong, he's physical with the ball in his hands and he's got some explosiveness to him. So all these screen passes to Brandon Bolden, let's fire those to the sun and yep. let's put those same exact concepts in the playbook. but Let's just run them to Johnny Smith and maybe they might actually be more productive. Yeah, I don't know
0: if you think it's comparable, but I'm just thinking, court, you know, you know, Cordero Patterson right now and the way the Falcons are using him. Yeah. They're just recognizing, you know what, this is the person who traditionally never worked as a receiver, um, is not certainly not a running back by trade, but they're just putting him everywhere to try to get the ball in his hands because they recognize he can get the ball. Uh, he can do good things with it. I think you just, you know in that vein, whether it is hand the ball off. And again, we saw this in, you know, the, you know, Aaron Hernandez, you know, uh, uh, later in his, uh, you know, tenure, he was in right. the backfield. And a lot of it wasn't just a byproduct of what he could do with the ball. Also just, it was a team that didn't have explosive playmakers back there at the time. So they're like, Hey, let's try this out too. It makes sense. So, uh, you know, you got to start figuring out ways to, to create more plays uh, than they're doing now. Cause it's insanely, insanely conservative uh, and just very vanilla with what they're doing. So uh, we'll see. They're not
1: going to get the explosive plays through the passing game yet. I I think Nelson Aguilar, five weeks into the season, I'm not ready to declare it a complete uh, inept – deep passing offense. I think some things will come certainly once the offensive line starts to even out a little bit more. I think more opportunities will present themselves down the field, but the short and the intermediate passing game is working, but what they have to do a lot like that 2011 offense who was similarly capped with what they could do down the field in terms of a deep threat down the field, they had, they had, I have to go back and check. I'm not sure it was at the end of Dion Branch or Brandon Lloyd or whoever right. was the outside receiver on that 2011 team wasn't Randy Moss, right? You know, It wasn't Randy Moss. It wasn't even Brandon Cooks. It was a guy like Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. And you have Nelson Aguilar who's at least taking the defense with him some of the time, but what you really have to do is threaten the defense horizontally you have 55 yards wide of the field to start to threaten that defense horizontally and what made that 2011 offense so prolific was more so yards after the catch right timing and yards after the catch so you'll be able to hit those types of things uh sooner quicker faster get the ball into the right player's hands like instead of brandon bolden carrying it let's have johnny smith carry it instead of you know having those types of plays go for Negative yardage. Maybe Johnny Smith makes breaks the tackle or is able to hit it faster or whatever the case may be, and you make an explosive play here or there. The short and the intermediate stuff works for Mac. It's worked consistently, but at this point in time, they need to figure out how to manufacture more yeah, look after the catch.
0: What that? What you know? The difference between eleven and now. You you still had Wes Welker going off in that year. They don't have anything working in the slot there, creating those plays. Myers, for all that he's doing well right now, is so free freaking slow, um, you know, and Bourne's not terrific either, but he is making plays. Oh, Bourne, yeah, Bourne and
1: say, Myers, I think, can combine. Obviously, West Welker had 1,600 yards or something like that in yeah, He had an insane yeah. season, 120 yeah, catches, yeah.
0: 175 targets. It was insane. But that offense that year was Gronk, Hernandez, and Welker through the air. Oh, which, yeah. With very limited – very limited if that, outside if that's outside, dream, outside help. Yeah, so if that's the right, dream, right? With what you have now, which these none of these guys are even close to any of their counterparts on that team. But the scheme and the style of offense there, and you had a really plotting running game there too. That's a Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, Stephen Ridley kind of there. Really, really plot you know, and Woodhead. Uh, which you would have had in your James White, so you're a little limited there. There are some similarities to that offense and this and this offense, though just way more dynamic playmakers back then.
1: Right. So if that's way the, way more dynamic, if, if that's like the A plus version of what they're trying to run, and yeah. this is and this is the do a b, the minus b minus or a C
0: right, do that, that do the b minus.
1: They can, they can win football games like that if yeah. they get if they peak with the playmakers that they have what they have if they get those guys to perform if hunter henry performs the best that he can and all the way down with mac jones and this offense is going to be a lot better than it is right now so there is a path here to having good offense i think but even this offense today and a lot of people I know I'm going to write a positive review about Mac Jones and everybody's going to come back at me and say, it's the Texans. What are you talking about? We did this last year with Cam Newton, where he put up passing numbers against Houston and, and it's the same thing, right? The Texans stink and it doesn't matter, but these are the types of positive steps early in the season that if the Patriots do turn this thing around and we are, and we, 12 or 13 and we do have a playoff race on our hands at that point of the season we can point back to week four against Tampa Bay and week five against Houston and say this is where the offense laid the foundation right this is where they started to figure themselves out this is where they start to maximize some of their playmakers and once we get into week 13 maybe they look like a, a good legitimate NFL offense defensively What I saw out of this game, and a lot of people I think this week are going to make this about Bill and Steve Belichick as well and the coaching that they're getting. What I saw out of this game in the first 30 minutes was effort. That was not game plan. That was not play calling. That was was 110% an effort issue. Guys just not playing hard. At times, and certainly a guy like Devin McCourty that just made two head-scratching plays. Jawan Williams looks like he's a bust and, and is in over his head every single time he's on the field. Kyle Duggar made me eat my words. I've been I've been defending Kyle Duggar to th- this week. It was not a good week from Duggar, and, and you see guys, especially in that in these veterans for the most part. Duggar, I give a you know he's a young player, but some of these veterans like McCordy, and really the one other guy I'd, I would really point to is Kyle. Van Noy who has just sort of been out there for five weeks and really doesn't look like he's making any sort of Nothing. impact play anytime soon and I would say, say the same thing about Dante Hightower to a degree as well those three guys uh, I, I I'm willing to give McCourty of the benefit of the doubt because it's one bad week but Hightower and Van Noy are squarely on my radar as two guys that are just not doing enough just ocu-
0: just occupying space right now yeah. and it, is, it yeah. is it's really bad Jamie Collins suited up I, I don't know if he had more than three snaps I have no idea how many snaps he had it wasn't many makes that one play on the unblocked sack there. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if Collins can make an impact because they've been suffering there. Uh, We're not going to hold you guys any longer. I'm going to ask Evan final thoughts here. I know the Sox are playing. I know there's a full slate of NFL games and people want to do stuff. I will say, of course, um, check out our new website at CLNS media Evan's going to have a bunch of stuff about the game uh, and then obviously again tomorrow and get a chance to look at some of the film with I think Patriots beat coming up on Tuesday yeah. um so so a lot more to talk about for sure uh, but as far as this game everybody saw it everybody knows what happened it, this could have been the low point of the bill, of the post Brady uh, tenure you know the Patriots and they ended up squeaking it out so we'll draw a few positives from it and continue to be legitimately genuinely and justifiably concerned Uh but again there are little rays there little little glimpses of things that I don't know if it's going to make this team a playoff contender or anything serious but it could things could get better uh there's yeah. there, there's some hope there so uh any final thoughts evan before we wrap it
1: i think that's really accurate the flashes for this team are definitely there and there are stretches yeah. of play where they are very very good three-phase football team as they were late in this game here today so what you just have to hope is that they can latch on to those things that they did today in the last 20 minutes of this game against houston and what they were able to do defensively last week against tom brady and, and also offensively for that matter against the bucks and hanging that in that game as well and use these things as building blocks as foundational pieces for what this team will hopefully be a couple of months from now and down the line and maybe even look at it unfortunately if you're a Patriots fan as a two-year window right and start to look ahead of what they can make progress with this season add a few more pieces in the off season in 2022 and come back in year two of Mac Jones and really start to make a push but ultimately my my final overarching thought big picture theme here is that the Patriots squeaked out the win today against Houston which means for the time being we still have a football season right? Because if this game had gone to one and four, Alex and I on the podcast on Tuesday would probably be already starting to talk about the draft, right? And and looking ahead to next season and what the Patriots could do to have moral victories all over the place for the rest of this year. They're two and three. It's not where they want to be, but they're in a good enough position that they can still make a push here if they can continue to stack good things together. So you still have a football season by coming back in this game and winning it today in Houston. No doubt about it. All right. So that's going to wrap it for us uh again like i said check out clns media
0: subscribe to our youtube channel patriots press pass if you haven't already um all of our live uh post game coverage our live podcasts and all, all of the other content will be pumping out throughout the course of the week dallas cowboys next week that's a fun one um so uh evan of course will be there as always uh and we'll have more coverage uh, throughout the week uh previewing
1: the game and hopefully they get all linemen back, two linemen back, we'll see. Just- I, I can't wait to watch this tape for the offensive line because I'm not going to sit here and say that this backup unit was better than the starters because the Texans' front is terrible. The Texans' front ha- is lacking all sorts of playmakers, and, and they they really not a good defensive front. They're bad against the run. They are 24th in the league in pressure rate coming into this game, so not a good defensive front. But maybe there are some players, maybe – there is a move that exists with this offensive line that Ted Karras starts at guard and Mike Onwenu kicks back out to right tackle because Karras showed the coaching staff enough today and this week that yeah. you're you're bet you're better off with that configuration than starting a guy like Yasir Durant. Maybe Yadni Kajus showed them enough that he could just fill right in at right tackle until Trent Brown comes back. That would be
0: the hope because they've been right. struggling to figure that out and so, right, if we see some positive one or two here, of
1: these players pop on the tape and show the coaching staff enough, I think it will probably be either Karis or Yadni Kajus based off of the eye test watching it live right. and maybe some reshuffling when all the guys come back healthy and they can p- find their stride with the offensive line with their a uh, better combination of five. I think yeah. Oscar Durant has gotten himself benched and that's it was, probably the best. I,
0: and I think so, too. And it was a live in-game audition for other people, not yeah. named Durant or, you know. So, right. um, OK, again, like I said, we'll wrap it. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Go check out um, all of our stuff, as I said, on all of our uh, sites and uh, YouTube channel and whatnot. Go Sox, uh And uh, uh-huh. in- enjoy the marathon tomorrow, everyone.